Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. Part one of my teaching, and my teaching is entitled, Come Let Me Show You Great and Mighty Things. My read is taken from Jeremiah 33, verses 1 to 13, but my reading today is from verse 1 to 3 to start part 1, and I'm reading from the New International Version, and I read, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of prison, saying, Thus said the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish thee. The Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So in my intro last week, I announced how Papa God wants to show Jeremiah and you and I great and mighty things which we do not know about. However, the criteria for great and mighty things, Papa God said, we have to call unto him to obtain them. He said, call unto me and I will show thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And the Bible let us know Jeremiah was shot down in prison when he asked him to call him. So where are you? So I'm going to use part one of my teaching to teach on the call. The word call is the Hebrew word kara, Q-A-R-A, kara. Now kara is the type of call Papa God is asking you and I to make, to call him. And kara is a type of call that the Hebrew puts it as an idea when accosting a person. Accosting means to stop somebody. Kara also means a type of approach, like as in a, a method of approach or a tactic or a line that is used to make this approach. Kara is waylaying. Waylaying is interception or interruption or interrupting or bushwhacking. Lewayin means to intercept or interrupt, to stop or to surprise someone. Kara is a confrontation or a buttonholing approach or cornering or grabbing hold of you approach. It is also an affront. So Papa God is asking children of God to use these methods to make the call on him for great and mighty things. Use the confrontation approach. Use the buttonholing approach. Use the cornering approach. Use the grabbing holding of me approach. Use the affronting approach to grab hold of me, to call unto me. So Jeremiah, you already qualify. You are at the right place at the right time, Jeremiah. You're in the right situation to make this call to me. Jeremiah, your situation, your position qualifies you to make the call. 
I want to show you great and mighty things. So Papa God was telling Prophet Jeremiah, when you call on me, I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So why is Papa God asking children of God to use this type of request to call him? Well, God drove the children of Israel into a nation of people where he sends the sword, famine, plague on this particular nation of people. God sends the sword, the famine and the plague against them. God tells this nation of people, I will make you like figs that are so bad they cannot be eaten. I will pursue them with the sword, famine and plague and will make them abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth, a curse and an object of horror, of scorn and reproach among all the nations where I drive them, for they have not listened to my words, declares the Lord. Words that I said to them again and again by my servants, the prophets, and you exiles have not listened either. So Papa God allowed the children of Israel to suffer this, the very same fate. Why? For they have not listened to the word of God. They, they have not, they're not listening to the prophets. They're not listening to the preachers. They're not listening to the ministers. They're not listening to the teachers. So um, they're not listening. So, so, so this is the word declares the Lord. Words that I sent to them over and over and over again. They're not listening. However, God wants to show children of God that no matter where you are, and this is the purpose of this teaching, God wants to show us children of God that no matter where you are, no matter where he sent you, no matter what is happening in your lives, we can produce greatness even when we are at the lowest of our lowest. Papa God wants children of God to know that although the Israelites were expatriated to the worst of the worst, greatness can still come out of them. Greatness is produced at the time when we feel that we cannot make it. Greatness is, pursued, is produced uh, at death's door. That is when greatness is produced. The Bible let us know Papa God went twice to visit Jeremiah. Why did he, he have to make two trips to Jeremiah? He said, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. So Jeremiah was in prison, shut up in prison at the time when he received the word of God twice saying, this is God talking to Jeremiah, thus said the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. So Papa God wants to show Jeremiah and the children of God that are faced with the same spot as Jeremiah, that greatness is produced when we are at the lowest of our lowest, when we are shut away in prison, when we are chained from the, from the ankle and the hands down. All we have to do is call on God. Despite God making two visitations to the prophet, 
it doesn't appear Jeremiah was calling upon God. And can you blame Jer Prophet Jeremiah for not responding? Probably he was just feeling sorry for himself. Probably he was just asking loads of questions of, he, of himself, like, what have I done to deserve this? Is this what you get when you love and serve God? Is this how you're treated when you live a holy life? You are treated like an animal. They lock you away in prison. They put you in a cell that is fit for an international criminal. Is this how you are treated, children of God? Hear this. Jesus suffered worse pain than that. Jesus experienced hematohidrosis. What is hematohidrosis? It is excruciating pain, anguish, and oppression that causes the sweat glands and joints to ooze blood. And despite that, Jesus was still serving. The Bible let us know, despite that, Jesus was still praying. He prayed in the garden of Gethsemane all night before his crucifixion. Despite anguish, despite his sweat glands and joints oozing blood. Yes, he suffered anguish. What is anguish? Anguish is suffering, anguish is torment, anguish is agony, anguish is pain. Jesus was experiencing all of these signs, but the Bible let us know he prayed more earnestly until his sweats was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Luke twenty-two forty-four, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. This is Hema to Hidrosis. Jesus left his majesty on high. He became of no reputation, the Bible said. He became a nothing. He became sin. What is sin? Sin is wickedness. Sin is depravity. Sin is iniquity. Sin is dubercy. Sin is calamity. He became all of that. Jesus became all the above for us. Why? so we can become the righteousness of God. Jesus went to rock bottom before he received stardom. Satan thought it was the end of him when he crucified him on the cross, but his rock bottom produced him a name that is higher than any other name in this life and the life to come, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Philippians 2, 9-13 So great and mighty things are produced when you and I are at the lowest of our lowest. Great and mighty things are produced out of our pain. Great and mighty things are a setup of, for greatness. And here's the reason for this teaching. Your pain is set up. Your challenges are set up for your gain. Man's reject is God's project. Great and mighty things are produced when you are in the state of oblivion and emptiness and nothingness. Great and mighty things will come from when you and I are at the edge of throwing our towels in. Academics are good. Qualifications are good. Education are good. Education is good. Trainings are good diplomas are good but they, they but they are physical entities they cannot 
They can only deal with physical dynamics. They cannot be used to touch and attain spiritual realities. So tell your friend, are you feeling like Jeremiah? Tell your family that they are in the season for great and mighty things. Great and mighty things are going to happen to them when they call out to Jesus. So this teaching is sent to children of God to request them to make their special call to call out to Jesus. This is a hard and tough season we are going through at the moment. This is dark and dull. What are we? What we are going through are the in ingredients that are required to produce great and mighty returns. A great and mighty season where things that are impossible will be possible. Things that are hard will become easy. Um, listen to the prophet, Isaiah 55. We're reading from verse 1. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, the prophet said, and eat what is good. And you will delight in the riches of fear. Give ear and come. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, says God. My faithful love promised to David. So this is the season for great and mighty things, um, children of God. Papa God said, if you want great and mighty things, he said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Great and mighty things are not cheap, children of God. And that is why the call has to be the right one. The call has to be the Kara one. Why? Blood was shed for this call. Jesus Christ was crucified for claiming to be the Son of God. It cost Jesus his life. He shed his blood for it. Peter was crucified. They hung his cross upside down. Andrew, his brother, was, was hung in the X shape instead of a T. Both James and his brother John were beheaded at the same time. Peter and Bartholomew was crucified upside down. John the Baptist was beheaded. Matthew was crucified downward and beheaded. The Apostle Thomas was martyred in Melapur, India, where he was stabbed with spears. James was pushed from the pinnacle of a temple where he was preaching and then beaten with a fuller's club and stoned to death. Judas committed suicide, threw the money bag into the temple, but then he went away and hung himself. Why am I giving this information to you? I'm giving this information to you so you can understand the price the disciples paid for loving Jesus. So Jeremiah was just 17 years of age when Papa God called him. He responded to Yahweh's call to prophecy by protesting. I do not know how to speak, he said. And he went on and on and on protesting. 
I do not know how to speak. I do not know how to speak. I'm just a little boy. I do not know how to speak. So who is this teaching for? Who is this teaching for? I think you know yourself. Are you a Jeremiah? Jeremiah thought God would change his mind and move on to somebody else. But God is not going to change his mind, children of God. God is not going to change his mind, Peter. Philip, God is not going to change his mind. Dan, God is not going to change his mind. Once he calls you, no matter how you protest, no matter how much you protest and demonstrate and make excuse and, and, and pride, he's not going to change his mind. You're not getting away from it. And God is not going to change his mind. You are the only person for the job. And you are the person for the, who, who, who is qualified to do the job. Some of you know God has called you to preach the gospel. Some of you know God has called you to teach. Some of you know God has called you to be a medical doctor. Some of you know God has called you to be a lawyer or a musician or a songwriter. Some of you know God has called you to be an architect. Some of you know you should be doing counseling. Some of you know you should not be where you're at. God is telling you you should not be there. And that's not what you should be doing. Jeremiah came up with the same excuse. What was Jeremiah's excuse again? I cannot talk for I am only a youth. However, Jeremiah receives Yahweh's assurance that he would put his words into his mouth in Jeremiah's mouth and make him a prophet to the nation and I like that God told Jeremiah I will put my words in your mouth Jeremiah so children of God can you see how God equips the qualifies and and, and qualifies the call it is not our doing we cannot do it we cannot say it we cannot preach it we cannot tell it. We cannot demonstrate it. Why? It is the Lord's doing. He has to put the word in our mouth. It is the Lord's doing. And he has to give the words to you and I. To do it and to say it and to preach it and to teach it. It is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in your sight. He said to Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, For I know the thoughts. For I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future that you will call on me and come and pray for me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with, your, with all your heart. So I'm going to stop here today, children of God, and come back next week with the teachings on great and mighty things. So Papa God, thank you for this wonderful teaching and, and um, thank you for granting me the ability to release this Lord. May you open the eyes of the understanding of your children into the great and mighty things that you have in store for them. Give them the faith to believe in this time and in their times of challenges and difficulties and hardship. Let them know, like Jeremiah, you're with them and you have equipped them 
for their journey. Show them it's when they are at their weakest that greatness comes out. Give divine revelation to them to tap into greatness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Pastor Sandra, checking out. Until next week, God bless you.